Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Matthew 1. Welcome to a new era, a new chapter in revival from the Bible. Now, this era of revival from the Bible is going to be a lot like the old one, where we're still reading through the Bible in a year. We're doing a podcast every day or six days a week uh, to help explain what we read, and we're still trying to get more people into God's Word and help them get more out of the word, but some differences uh, for really for the next two years will be simplifying the reading format. Where the past formats that we've done, we've kind of been jumping all over the place, reading from several places every day. Uh, for the next two years, it's just going to be simplified every day: one reading from the Old Testament and one reading from the New Testament. And then the other thing that's going to be different is that each day, instead of trying to touch in the podcast on uh, all of the sections that we've read, we're just going to focus on one of them. So this year, we will just on the podcast be focusing on the New Testament portion of our readings. Or if you're listening to this at a later date, over the next 312 episodes, we are going to try to walk through the entire New Testament together. And if you've never done this before, if you've never read through the Bible in a year, uh, and even you're intimidated or you have a history of trying to read through the Bible and, and failing, or this is the first time you've ever tried this, so you're not sure, uh, my suggestion to you would be just focus on the New Testament this year. Uh, go through the New Testament, and then next year, on the podcast, we're only going to focus on the Old Testament for the next 312 episodes. Uh, so maybe focus on the New Testament this year, then focus on the Old Testament, and then start trying to put them together as you won't feel so lost. Hopefully you'll have a sense of what's going on everywhere that you are. So you can start reading through the Bible once a year, treasuring the Word of God, uh, digging into it, and finding that you could read this book every year for the rest of your life. I mean, you could read it every month for the rest of your life and never exhaust the riches of the Bible. So join me today as we start really a two-year journey or 624-episode journey through the entire Bible. And let me introduce you to a few sets of terms that you're going to hear uh, on the podcast. I guess really two sets of, of terms. And the first is then, always, now. Uh, this is a simple yet great method to use as you study the Bible. And this works on individual verses or smaller passages, or uh, more kind of what we'll be doing, uh, looking at whole chapters. Questions you want to ask are, well, what, what was going on then? Who wrote this? Who's the original author? Who's the original audience? What is being communicated? What is intended to be understood then in that time? 
And then also to ask, well, what about always? As I look at this passage, what are some things that are always true? And I think most of these things will be things about God because God never changes. So if you're reading something in a chapter in the Bible and you learn something true about God, guess what? It's still true about God today. And also you'll see a lot of always principles that really deal with God's people or maybe what people should or shouldn't do. And then we get to now, then always now. We want to be specific about what difference is this going to make in your life today? So another set of terms that uh, I, I think kind of fits with th- those other ones are learn, worship, and apply. I think those are helpful terms that I try to accomplish when I read God's word, when I study God's word, and I think will be helpful for you as well. And that, these are some things that we're going to try to highlight on the podcast together. What are we learning? This is maybe more at the academic level. We want to gain knowledge. We want to understand God's word. We want to understand its meaning. We want to understand God better. And so that's going to mean we need to learn new things. But it's not just about learning. It should lead then to worship. As we see more about God, as we see more about what God has done, as we learn more about the depth and the riches of the good news of Jesus Christ, our hearts should be moved to worship God. And then apply. This is very similar to now. What difference is this going to make? What am I going to do with what I have read today. So then always now, learn, worship, and apply. And let's dive in for a 624 episode journey through the Bible. And let's begin right now with Matthew chapter 1. Now, before we get into Matthew chapter 1, we have to understand what's going on with the gospel of Matthew. We're going to start by reading through the four gospels. Now, uh, the four gospels are all somewhat similar because they're all focused on the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. And they all culminate, really, with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So so they'll all be similar in that way, but each gospel is also different. Each one was written by somebody different, uh, includes a unique set of information, even though there'll be some overlap in events through all the gospels. And each gospel has its own emphasis. So when we think of the gospel of Matthew, well, Matthew was one of the 12 disciples, and he writes what is perhaps the most Jewish of the gospels, because you're going to see the most um, references to the Old Testament in Matthew. And that's because his emphasis, the big point that he is trying to make is that Jesus is the Messiah or the Christ. Those are the same word in different languages. Messiah is Hebrew. Christ is Greek. And they both mean in English more this idea of the anointed one. And when he is making the point that Jesus is the Christ, he's making the point that Jesus is king because all of his readers would have understood uh, that the Christ is going to be a king. And so that is going to... factor into how we understand a lot of the gospel of Matthew and particularly what we're going to see in chapter one. As we see, Jesus is the Christ. He is the king. And so even you're going to see a lot about the kingdom of God in the book of Matthew. So as you read Matthew one, you're going to notice it starts with, uh, you know, what just really gets everybody going to read through the Bible, a genealogy. But when you understand what's Matthew's point, it's going to make more sense. Because even in the first verse, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, 
the son of David, the son of Abraham. That's not just, hey, this is interesting for all you nerds out there. No, he's making a statement, Jesus Christ, that's the term Messiah, and he is the son of David, the son of Abraham. So he's coming right out of the gate hot with his claim that Jesus is the Christ by showing he's the son of David and the son of Abraham. And that's how it ends in verse 16. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. So the point of this genealogy is Jesus is the Christ. He's linking Jesus to David, because they would have understood the Messiah is the son of David. Earlier, he's being linked to Abraham, uh, through whom all the nations of the earth will be blessed. He's linked to Judah. The Messiah was going to come from the tribe of Judah, the same tribe as King David. So he is making a clear point here. And there's a lot of interesting things we could get into with the genealogy. One of the more interesting things is its inclusion of women, uh, each notable in biblical history. Uh, But again, we don't want to get lost in kind of the minor details. The point is Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the son of David. And what's going on with the 14 generations thing? Well, likely this was to help them remember because we know from the Old Testament, he's not including every link in the genealogical chain from Abraham. There's some that are skipped over, we know, from the Old Testament. So it's likely maybe the 14 was either some numerical link to David, or perhaps even more likely, just a way to help people memorize this and remember this. And then it gets into the birth narrative of uh, Jesus Christ. And notice how he's using that term Christ so much. He is making his point. But again, some of this will be familiar because you you read this section, not just if you read through the Bible every year, but you see it at Christmas time. And notice he begins with the genealogy to point out that Jesus is the Christ, and he ends with a prophecy. He refers here to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, this prophecy that the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. So here, Matthew's overall goal in the whole gospel is to demonstrate that Jesus is the King, the Messiah, the Christ predicted by the Old Testament. And so he begins with the genealogy and ends with the prophecy to start to prove this point. Now, two things I want you to note, and this will lead us really to worshiping and applying today, are the names given to Jesus towards the end of this chapter. One is when God speaks to Joseph through this angel, and he tells Joseph to take Mary as his wife. In verse 21, he says, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So the name Jesus, what does it mean? Well, it's the same name in Hebrew as the name Joshua, and it means God is salvation. And so he's named Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The other name that is given is Emmanuel, which again is a part of the prophecy from Isaiah 7, but it tells us what it means. It means God with us. And so I want you to take those two names today and the meaning of those two names and worship God for them as you meditate upon them. 
Jesus is the Savior, and you can be saved from your sins through him. And Jesus is Emmanuel. He shows God is with us. Do you really believe those things? Do you really believe that Jesus is the Savior? That's something you should worship him for. Because of Jesus Christ, all of your sin can be forgiven. And I want you to think about that reality even as you face temptation today. Because Jesus came to save his people from their sins, and that means more than just forgiveness, uh, clearing them from the penalty of their sins. He came to save us from the power of sin as well. And I want you to think of that even today when you face temptation. Remind yourself, no, Jesus came to save me from sin. I can say no to temptation because I have a savior and I'm trusting in him. And then that reality of Emmanuel is something that should be precious to our hearts. And you should apply that in how you think through situations in your life today. There is not one situation you're going to come across today or this week or this month, if you are a believer, where you cannot say, God is with me. And God makes that promise Elsewhere, I love how it's stated in Hebrews chapter 13, reminding us that God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. But if you want proof that that promise is real, that God means that, look to Jesus. God has shown us that he is with us because he gave us Emmanuel. So worship God for those things today and and think about how those realities that Jesus is the Savior and that he is Emmanuel, God with us, Uh, Think about how those should apply to your life today. We're just beginning our journey through the Bible, but I'm confident we're not going to end one day of our reading without seeing something that God wants us to see and and without understanding more of who God is, what he has done, how we should live. Uh, We're going to find treasure as we keep digging in to God's word on this journey on Revival from the Bible. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.